Greetings, I'm Tyler and this is The Socialized Recluse. My guest this time is Fran Dominguez, aka Forest Robots, whose new album, Horst and Graben, will be out this fall from Elm Records. And this is actually the second interview with Fran, because the first interview, which in which we went very in-depth into his backstory, into into in, into his music, and, and I mean, just and learned more about him, and um, that I fucked it up, and um, the recording was absolutely ruined. So, um, yeah, that's what I get for trying to record on an iPad. Anyhow, Fran was super cool, super patient, agreed to come back for a second go-around, and that's what you're going to hear now. Uh, because the other one, um, I think five minutes were saved, and it was mostly, um, how are you doing, and then garbled mess, and then a story about urinating in front of mountain goats, lions, not mountain goats, that's not very threatening, mountain lions, that's a little bit more threatening than mountain goats, but um, anyhow, Fran was super cool, came back, did this second interview, in which we mostly chat about what he did on his birthday weekend, which is a hell of a lot more interesting than what I did on my birthday weekend, which was the same weekend. Um, and we also talk about music. So, and share an album from his, uh, a track from his new album, Horst and Graben. Anyhow, if you'd like to shout, scream, swear, say hi, or otherwise at me, my email is TWW at parentheticalrecluse.com. And you can check out earlier episodes of the show at parentheticalrecluse.com slash TSR pod. And now, my second interview with Fran. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, I, I like that it has that explicit uh, warning there, you know? I, I do, too, because now, now I feel like I feel like really cool and stuff. You know, I've got my, my expl- I'm explicit, you know? Yeah, well, you know, you've always been cool, Tyler. Uh, well, I, 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 <laughs> now you're a, now, now you're acknowledged by Apple. Yes, I, I am cool with an E. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and you know what? I, I just heard hammering up up in the ceiling. That's so okay. There may be cursing. There may be cursing after all. <laughs> That's okay. We're an explicit show. We're so anyhow, man. So, um, I guess happy belated birthday. And likewise to you. Yes. Yeah, so when you, you, we're like what two days apart. Yes, I'm. I'm the fifth, and I believe you're the eighth or seventh. Seventh, seventh. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I I hit forty, and you were forty six. Forty five. Forty five. Forty five. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So but and you have been kind of out for your birthday weekend. You were out mountain climbing and exploring and all of that kind of cool stuff. So. As I promised, I was going to let you just talk about rock climbing and hiking and everything. So, um, so man, like, just kind of walk me through a process of a of a hike of a climb of something like that because this is a, a totally foreign world to me. Well, you know, I I, um, I actually I, the last hike I did a couple of weeks ago was a, a, a pretty intense one. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk about that one what, specifically. You was know? that the one where you you said something about having to be lifted out of the car? Well, that, that I was alluding that if you know, once I got home, I wish I could have been lifted okay, uh, okay. out of the car because uh, you, it, it was. So I, uh, it, it was. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to do the math. I believe it was about twenty nine hours straight of hiking. Wow. And. And, and and here's the thing. Is, this, I, you know, is that a lot for you? Is that a normal amount? Is that, that, that is that is more than than usual. Okay. Uh, 
by about maybe 10 hours or oh, yeah gosh. roughly around 10 hours which you know it's still it's still quite a lot right 19 hours it's, it's still a, a yeah I was, I was gonna time. say 19 hours that's um yeah but so but you know yeah. sometimes these things happen because uh the you know it's when you the first thing i do whenever i'm going to go on a hike especially up north in the sierra nevada it's that uh, i study I try to find any beta for where I'm going. Okay. And and you know, some sometimes you're able, you get lucky, you find a lot of beta for for this for for a particular climb. You know, there's this uh, uh, there's a couple of websites that I go to Summit Org. I mean SummitPost.org. Okay. And then uh, Pigbagger.com. And uh, on Pigbagger, that's where you log in all the climbs that you do, and then you can add a GPS track to it. To your climb you can add the mileage the elevation uh elevation gain elevation loss within your uh within your hike and there's a lot of detail that you can add to it you know did you was it cross country was it uh was it in the snow was it on a trail did you use snowshoes did you use trekking poles did you use a gps so it, it, you can uh put as much detail about your hike as you like in the on this website and this website is it, it, it keeps it constantly getting fed with information by uh, thousands and thousands of hikers from all over the world. So you you considerably can get uh, beta from many different places in the world, from hundreds and hundreds of people, and uh, um, and there are maps to all these places. So uh, you know if, if you can click on the map. So you can search for a mountain, and it'll show you where in the where it is on the map, and uh, it designates little red circles to to where the uh, the the points of interest are, and then the places where people have climbed. So when you click on the map, you have a lot of little red dots all over the map, which indicate places that people have uh, tagged okay. as having climbed, and uh, and so you can click on each on each red dot, and it'll give you. Uh, the stats of the person that climbed that particular mountain, or, and uh, and sometimes there's a lot of detail. Sometimes there's not a lot of detail. A lot. Of, there's quite a lot of people that that just go in and tag the 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 peak, and you know they're they're not necessarily interested in putting in a whole lot of information. Uh, but it's the folks that uh, that do put you know take the time to to put in m- more information that that really uh, make this website quite valuable mm-hmm. in terms of being able to go there and study the beta, uh, you know, study what, you know, they, they leave comments and, uh, you know, for example, you know, this this peak is all sandy scree going up. So, it's you know, it's going to take a long time. It, it could be, it, it has a quick approach to the base of the mountain, but it's a, it's a slow climb because of the sandy scree and, and then you know they might give you a pointer. You know you, you gotta you, you may want to veer to the left of of uh, you know like the uh, a shoot a particular shoot or uh, um, you know you you if you want to avoid all that stuff you can do climbing. But there's like class two or class three uh, climbing or even class four anything up to class five. You know and uh, uh, so you know that there's when people like that are the ones that uh, you know. Uh, create really valuable beta for for climbing and and so that you know sometimes you you go to a, a particular uh, uh, 
mountain that you want to climb and you'll either find a lot of that kind of information or you won't find a whole lot of it because uh there's there's mountains that haven't been climbed that often and the few people that have climbed it they don't provide a whole lot of detail about it does knowing all of the data beforehand i mean does that i mean, how does that yeah i'm trying to think of the best way to phrase it does it increase your enjoyment of the climb does it decrease it i mean what does it it other than preparation obviously but like what does it add to it, it you know when you know that you know such and such thing is there does it does that question make sense is that am i i'm not sure if I'm no no that. i i i think it's I, well let me try uh see if i can answer this knowing all this data can make it enjoyable because when you're out there you uh you you know you know what to expect so you prepare yourself yeah. mentally for it uh and you know that in, in the way i can relate uh your question to 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 a proper answer is that for this hike that i just you know this 29 hour hike that i went on yes there wasn't enough beta about uh, the approach, the final approach to the mountain, and the final approach, it, it was it was all sand. It was just loose sand. So it was one of those things where you take a step, and you come down, you slide two steps down. <laughs> so and at it this takes point, about how four long, steps to take one step. How long had you been in the climb when you reached this point? Well, here's the thing: I was making great time. Okay, I had I had so I had started at two thirty in the morning on sun on a Sunday. All right. And uh, by 10 o'clock, I was at the base of the mountain, and I felt great. I felt, oh, I'm doing great time. You know, I was looking at the mountain. I thought, this is, you know, the approach will take me, you know, at, at worst, four hours. So, you know, I'll get up there, you know, maybe like, uh, at, at, you know, maybe between one or two. And that was, I thought that would be, that's pushing it, you know. That's, yeah. I thought, well, if I struggle, It'll be four hours. If if I if I do really well, I could be there by by noon, you know. And then and then, and the then I can head back. Other ideas. Yes, and and <laughs> as, as it often is the case. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I get back because here's the thing: I had to go, uh, I had to go over a, a mountain pass first from the trailhead. So from the trailhead, I climbed over a mountain pass, and then I joined the Pacific Crest Trail. Mm-hmm. So everything was, you know, there was a nice trail for everything. So I joined the Pacific Crest Trail and I traveled north, northwest. But then I started. I, so the, the pass, I believe, is around ten thousand. No, it's about eleven, over eleven thousand feet, uh, if, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. And so then I started dropping on the Pacific Crest Trail. I started dropping elevation. So I dropped about, gosh, maybe a couple thousand feet. So then, uh, you know, the, the, the peak, uh, is 13,327 feet high. And so, uh, you know, I went from uh, a little bit over 11,000 and then I dropped about 2000 feet and then, and then I had to make that up again, up to 13,327 feet. And, uh, um, so I started, I got to this place, uh, uh, called, uh, where there's this, uh, Creek, Rock Creek. It's, it's called Rock Creek. And so then, uh, at that point, you are doing about uh, thirty-eight hundred foot gain, a thirty-eight hundred foot climb, in less than two miles. So it's it, it's it's very um, 
it's a workout <laughs> to put in mildly. And and so then so when I got to the base of the mountain, I, you know, I thought, OK, let's let's you know, let's do this. And so uh, but it turned out that the approach was not so straight. I had to go over a couple of false ridges within the mountain to finally get to the final approach of the climb where it was the, the, the toughest approach was, which probably it was about 2,500 feet or maybe 2,800 feet in, in, in a mile. And, uh, and, and just to give you an, uh, uh, an idea for say Mount Whitney, the, the highest point in the contiguous United States, the climb is about 22 miles uh, round trip. So it's about 11 miles. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the average per mile, the average uh, um, uh, altitude, or I mean, uh, yeah, the, the average altitude that you're, that you're gaining uh, is about 500 feet per mile. Oh, wow. So this is, you know, we're talking almost 3,000 miles in, in about a mile. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, but I've had to go, I had to go through a lot of uh, rock climbing. So there was a lot of mixed terrain for this mountain and the approach that i took that i took there may have been a better approach there's there's usually there's about you know quite a there's a handful of approaches to a mountain especially to this one because i actually tried to do this mountain last year and i was i was going to climb two peaks uh so if i had been able to do it last year it would the approach would have been a lot easier because i would have gone to a different mountain and then i would have traversed through a ridge line to get me to this peak, Joe Devel peak, but uh, a, a storm turned me around, yeah. and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So I was coming back for for this peak, and uh, so you know, I um, I was coming from a different place, so that was a different approach, and so I had to do a lot of rock climbing, and, and then I would get to a false ridge, and I would have to drop down a little bit into this uh, alluvial flows that the mountain ha- has. And on these alluvial flows, you have this massive rock-sized boulders that you have to navigate through. And and that stuff, navigating through that sort of terrain is very Mm time-consuming. So when I finally get to the the final approach where, you know, like the, the meaty stuff is there... And you know, I realized, oh shoot, it's it's this is sand. This is <laughs> this is gonna take a while. So I actually dropped a little bit of weight on my backpack, set it aside on uh, between some rocks, and so that I could uh, you know unload some of that weight. So I could, because I knew I had a, a tough time ahead, and uh, and and so uh, you know, I, it took me almost two hours to get to that point. So we're talking twelve at this point, okay. uh, you know, noon. And so it, it is noon. I'm at the final approach of the mountain where it's fully exposed. There's no. Tr- I'm past the timber line, so I'm also getting that noon sun and heat. Right. I'm working. So that's it's working against me heat now. Dome heat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, so then, you know, it, uh, I started making my way. And and the thing with this mountain is, and and I hate mountains like this. It looks like you can see the, the top of the mountain, but you're not seeing the top of the mountain. So mentally, you have to fight with that when you get to a point and you're going, wait, this is I'm, it doesn't look like I'm any closer. So, uh, you know, it messes with your head because hiking and climbing, you know, it's it's a lot of it is mental as well. Sure. And uh, um, so it, it was one of those things where I'm dealing with the sand and 
and and you know trying to find a path you know trying to find where rocks are so i can sort of go towards the rocks and 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 get little breaks from sliding all the time so you know an hour rolls around two hours three hours i get to the summit just a little bit after 4 p.m <laughs> so you know it's 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 i started at 10 from the base and and i get wow. there at 4 p.m and uh and it just feels like i just chose the worst possible approach to this mountain and as i'm you know as i'm going higher i can i start seeing other possibilities that might have been better so that that messes you know that sort of makes you kind of mad that you know you weren't able to spot them <laughs> and therein and, uh, is the mental part of it yeah, creepy. yes yeah yeah yes and so uh you know i get to the to the summit and you know it's four o'clock and i'm thinking i'm gonna try a different approach going down because uh it, it's it you know i want to avoid all that boulder hopping that i did at the beginning and so the, the only good thing about this kind of sand the, uh, the approach where the, the sand is there is that on the way down it's much gentler on your knees oh, well, I'm sure, because yeah. you're just sort of, uh, you know, skiing your way down on the sand. Yep. Uh, the only, the only thing you have to watch out is that you don't ski too fast and yeah, you fall you on your you butt. Don't, uh, yeah. Yeah. You don't keep and going. Which, which, which I ended up, it ended up happening once and it was, it was a nasty tumble, but, uh, uh, but you know, like mentally I'm, I'm used to those. So, it, you know, I wasn't too, uh, it was like, okay, it happened. Let's keep moving. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> And the thing, so so now it's four o'clock, and you know it took me six hours to go up there, and I'm thinking, well, I have to at least, you know, three hours so I can make it down before sundown. So, so you're, at this point, you're 14 hours into the climb. Yes. Like. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so, and just to and just to t- take a break in the story here, <laughs> uh, this is the part where it has, you know, it, it answers your question about whether beta makes it more enjoyable. Okay. If I had had beta on the sandy screen, I could have used micro spikes on my shoe. I could have brought my micro spikes, okay. and with micro spikes, I would have had a better grip. I mean, it was still, it would still, I would have struggled still, but it would have been a lot better. So I, I could have conceivably cut down two hours from my climb okay. if I had my micro spikes. That so, definitely answers yes. my question. Then yes. So yes, yes, it beta, does help. It, you know, makes. Let's 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 say it doesn't make it more enjoyable. It makes it less miserable. That, that that's the that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> so uh, you, you know, so I'm okay. So going now, going back to the story, uh, I'm having to rush down to 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 get to the bottom to to catch the main trail mm. uh, uh, because you know I don't mind. I've done I've done my share of cross country in the dark, but it takes so much longer. To do so than when you're doing it in the daylight uh because at certain points you can't tell if what you're looking at is a precipice or or <laughs> and you have to go a, a different route or you can actually down climb something and you're not going to get stuck in the middle of it mm-hmm. and won't be able to go up so uh i'm going down and and i choose a path and so i'm following this alluvial flow and it looks like it's just gonna, you know, gently uh, get to the base of the of the mountain, and it doesn't. It cuts me off, and there's there's a big, big waterfall. So then I'm trying to work my way around that waterfall, and that's not happening. And half halfway through it, 
I realized this is not going to go. The, this is not going to be the way. So I may have to try something a little bit closer from the original approach going up. So then I, I do that, and I think I'm finding something. And then again, I get cut out by by cliffs. And long story short, I ended up having to go back to the way I came up. And so, but then it, I couldn't quite find because at that point I had, I wasn't. I sort of lost my bearing of where I, I, I had come up from, and I just had a, a vague general idea of where I had come up from. So then I tried to find that. I sort of found it, and uh, but literally by the time I got down to finally got down, you know, after much scrambling, I had to scramble through boulders again and down climb uh, some cliffs. When when I came down to 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 the base of the mountain where there the, there was a trail there, uh, I had. It was it was like eight o'clock on the dot. I kid you not. I barely made it before it got dark. And, and, but then I had run out of water. <laughs> but but I had planned for this. I had planned this. I had planned for this contingency because I didn't want to bring a whole lot of water with me because you know it weights down on you. It, sure. it really you know. So you know I brought only three liters of water with me, and I and then I bought and I and I had these two na- empty Nalgene bottles that come with the built-in f- uh, filter water filter. Okay. And so by the time I came down, I had run out of those three liters of water. And, and mind you, I was already rationing that one last liter because that's, I only had a little bit under a liter when I got to the summit. So I had to rush in that, that water. And it went away quick because it was such a dry day there. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it was hot and it was very dry and, and my mouth would keep getting very dry. So I had to just take small sips just to keep my mouth from and my throat from you know uh getting 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 really dry and um and so luckily there was you know i was down at a rock creek which is where i started and so there was there was a, a creek that was running through there but uh you know being that it was a very dry summer and we're basically in a drought here in california the water was running very low to the ground <laughs> so then I had to hike up the creek for a while. Thankfully, it, it coincided with my plans of having to hike the trail up uh, right. to a higher elevation. So, uh, you know, I hiked about a mile without water, and I found some, you know, uh, the water level where it was just slightly higher. I was able to refill, and and by this time, you know, it was already about 9:30 at night, and I still had a quite a distance, probably about I want to say about 10 miles to go okay which is you know it's not too bad if you're if you're doing about you know uh two hours per mile or maybe an hour and a half per mile but unfortunately these were miles that i had to go do go upwards so i had to gain elevation to those miles and um i also tweaked my my left knee going down on that sandy screen yeah when you went down was this when you took your tumble Yes, when oh, okay. I took the tumble. Yeah, so uh, it was. I couldn't go fast. I had to take small breaks, and uh, and I've already had surgery on both knees for, uh, uh, for, uh, for for you know due to climbing and uh, Swiss Army knees. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> and uh, so I had to go. I had to go slow, and, and so now it was just all mental. It was a mental game. I was, you know, I had to. I had to fight with with the fact that I had to go up, so that, that's unpleasant. The fact that I had to ration my my two 
liters of water going up because uh, that was the last spot where I was going to find water. I wasn't going to be able to find water for the rest of the hike. So I had to make those two liters of water last me. And, and then I had the, the, the problem with the knee. So it, you know, I just, I went very slow and it was one of those things where, uh, I had to, it, it was, it was, it was a mental exercise to get back to the trail at that point, because I also had not slept all that time. Right. I have been up since two thirty in, in the morning and, you know, I, I can so, understand why you might be a little sleepy. Yeah, so I was I was I was sleepy. I was I was hurting from my knee. I had to go up over the path to go, you know, to the other side of the Sierra Crest, and uh, it, it and I couldn't go fast yeah. <laughs> because of the knee. So that's that's you know I started hiking. I actually took a rest. I, I rested while I drank water. So I took maybe about an hour uh, of rest. And, uh, and and I just sat and, and looked at the moon and looked at the stars. Um, that You know, that's one of the, the, the pros of being up at such high elevation. You know, you have these clear skies. You get start seeing the, the stars right away. You start seeing the moon being so bright. And uh, uh, and then everything, there's a, there's a sense uh, that everything shifts at night mm-hmm. when you're out there in, 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 in the wilderness. You know, everything, the sounds are different you know you don't in the mornings you have the birds chirping away you know and, and you have the this rushes of this gusts of wind gentle gusts of wind and you know you have the sun beaming from above at night you know it's 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 uh the moon comes out and it's this like they ha- she has this silent beauty about her and and things start to quiet down you start hearing uh you know if, if you're by a water you, you know you're listening to the water and and you know you may spot a deer or two and, and then there's a, the, the whole nocturnal uh fauna uh coming out you know and uh and and, and there's there's a a different sound in the night than in the morning to it so and is there you a know, hei- just, like a, a heightened sense of that too yes definitely your senses go yeah. you know there's a, there's a sense of like your body starts producing more adrenaline because mm-hmm. It can't see things as well, right? And it can't perceive things as well. So it's it's working twice as hard to to have that same general sense of perception that you did in the morning. And okay. and, and so yeah, so so you know, I started hiking in earnest again around ten PM. And and I just kept going. I you know, I, I would take short breaks, uh, you know, and uh, and at some point I took maybe you know, different points I took about three short naps uh, of about 15 minutes long. Uh, and when I say short naps, you know, they're the most uncomfortable naps you can possibly take. You know, you still have your backpack on uh, and uh, because in case you have to make a run for it, you know, <laughs> and in, in case sl- the mountain lions show up again. Right. Yes. And then, or like, and, and then I'm sleeping on a, on top of a rock that is not exactly shaped. Uh, you know, it's, it's got like all kinds of shapes that, you know, yeah. you can barely sit comfortable, let alone try to lay down on it. <laughs> and, and then on top of that, um, the temperature descends, right? So then, and you know, we're talking about temperatures above 10,000 feet. And yeah. so you, the cold wakes you up right away. And uh, so you can't, you can't fall asleep for too long because 
you start feeling the cold and your body starts getting cold really quickly. And so you have to spring up and start walking because that's the only thing that's going to warm your body up again. And uh, so th I had about three of three three times I did I did that and and you know had to spring back up and and try to walk as much as possible so that my body would warm up again and uh so you know so then I'm you know I'm dealing with with the weather as well and so finally you know I, it's 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 11 o'clock it's midnight it's one and it's two and I'm well aware where I am and how much further I have left you know so you know I take this small like one two minute uh, breathers and you know just I would take deep breaths and just and just sort of compartmentalize each portion of the hike so I wouldn't be thinking how far I, I had to go and so you know it, you know I, I would be thinking okay let's get to this point first and let's not think about anything else and so I would I, I would do this mental exercises of just focusing on a particular point on the on the hike and then and then just you know keep moving that 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 goalpost you know yeah. <laughs> as, as as I progress and uh, so is it and then you know sorry yeah, is it that combination then of the the mental and the physical and then nature itself that makes it just so addictive to you? Yes, yeah. in the short yeah. <laughs> the short answer is yes yes, yes. <laughs> and even though you know I'm I'm in I'm in I'm in pain and and discomfort. There's something about um, being there out in nature that you're aware of the pain and the discomfort, but it's not the focal point of the hike. It's a pain in, in service of something more than itself. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's about, you know, you, you, being out there for so many hours, uh, you, you, I, you know, I, in my case, personally, I literally forget everything yeah going out outside of where i am so it gives me this profound i reach this profound sense of 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 mindfulness of the present when i'm there and uh you know i i don't think of anything except being there what it means to be there my surroundings uh what uh, you know i start thinking about uh the scales of time when i'm there when i'm looking at all these mountains the rocks the trees how big the trees are you know depending on the on the on the width of the trees uh, uh uh you know how old they are uh the formation of the rocks i start thinking about you know uh, rocks are along the path and how you know maybe four thousand years ago those rocks were higher in the mountain and then they just came down the mountain uh, I start thinking about my own mortality. I start thinking about <laughs> a, 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 a myriad of, of thoughts start, you know, go through my head. And, and so, yes, you know, I, while I, you know, I've, I've been hiking for hours and I have, you know, I'm, I'm exhausted physically. I'm exhausted. That's mentally that it, it's, it's, I'm aware of it, but it's not the focus. Right. It's, it's, that's not what's going on in my head and uh i'm not thinking oh i'm in so much pain oh i'm so tired um that that's not what that's not what's going on and uh uh so you know with this hike you know i keep hiking and five o'clock rolls around and the sun comes out <laughs> oh you again 
Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? And uh, and I forgot to mention, when I was coming up in, on Sunday morning, I ran into this couple from the Pacific Northwest, older couple. They've been married, I, I think, they, for 38 years. Okay. And they were doing a loop hike. So they started from a certain point, and they were ending where I started. And uh, uh, so, you know, it, it, th- those were the only two people that I encountered that day. Um, so, you know, I also had not seen any human beings during that time. <laughs> that sounds great, actually. No, yeah, it is fantastic. <laughs> <That sounds awesome. laughs> even, even in a pandemic when I haven't seen that many people anyway, yeah, it still yeah. sounds good. Yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> Pandemics favor the reclusive. Right. <laughs> and, you know, five o'clock rolls around and, and I'm already, I get to the pass finally. And, and so that's sort of like the final approach from there on. It's all downhill, literally and figuratively. <laughs> and uh, uh, and so, uh, you know, I can see the, in the distance, in the far distance, where my, my final goal, where the car is. So then, you know, it's I think, OK, if I if it's, it's downhill, so it's, you know, maybe maybe by 630 or seven o'clock. And so I start making bets with myself. I usually do this. I start making bets with myself how long it's going to take me to get to my car. Mm-hmm. And eventually I get to the car at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> and then you think, shit, I have to drive myself home. I have, I have to drive for almost four hours. Oh, That's Jesus. Because, because remember, this is this, I started Sunday, right? So this right. is already Monday morning. <laughs> I have to drive for four hours, get home, take a shower, and go to work. <laughs> I this is, stayed on the this is the ritual this is the ritual of the of the weekend warrior <laughs> yeah yeah wow that's and, impressive and so, and so you know i get to the trailhead finally and i see these two people and it's the couple <laughs> and uh, and they're just their jaws just dropped because it you know they saw me on sunday you know and and i seemed so optimistic and i was you know like I was light on my feet and everything. And I told them, oh, you know, I'm going to this one peak because the beauty of this peak is that once you go over the pass and you get down to about two miles from the PCT on the Pacific Crest Trail, you see the mountain in the distance and it's beautiful. It's very picturesque. And so the mountain itself kind of, it looks, it looks uh, close. Okay. So when I pointed out to them, the mountain, when I ran into them, I pointed out that I was heading there. They thought, oh, you know, it's that uh, we joked that they, you know I might catch up to them on the way back. <laughs> Little did we all know. <laughs> and and they're they're just you know they're they're getting ready to leave because they they've been traveling across uh, on the west uh, on a, on a truck and a camper, and uh, uh, you know they just their jaws just drop and and they're like, oh, you you're just getting back. I say, yes, I'm just getting back right now, and I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> so we chatted. Home. Yeah, we chatted for a five, for a five, for about five minutes, and then you know, I, I also had to rush down the mountain because I had to call my wife and let her know that I was alive. <laughs> so that was actually that, one that of those is, things. That is a helpful thing to do. I've, I've, I've yes, that. yes, and uh, uh, you know, so there was also that element of I need to hurry because I have a worry. I may have a worried wife at home, you know, mm-hmm. wondering, you know, what the hell happened, <laughs> and. <laughs> And, you know, you think as many times as, as things like this have happened to me, she'd be used to it, but it never gets easy. Sure. You know, no, it never no, no. gets easy. And uh, uh, so, and, you know, and for that, I always profusely apologize. You know, because <laughs> I know it can be easy having to worry, oh, gosh, it's going to make it back, you know, right. because there's, there's there tends to be quite a few people every summer that don't make it back from whatever they went to do up in the Sierra. 
So unfortunately, you know, so um, I've been lucky enough that, uh, you know, I've, I've made good decisions along the way. I, and the bonehead decisions that I have made, I've been able to uh, come out of them alive. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's A, you're, you clearly know what you're doing. B, I think you're, you're humble before the mountain. You know, you, you, mm-hmm. you don't have any illusions of what you're up against. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, my, I go by this addict, there's an addict out there, mountaineer addict that says there are bold mountaineers and there are old mountaineers, <laughs> but there are no bold old mountaineers. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and it's true. It's yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you know, when I was younger, I was definitely a, a bold mountaineer, but then, you know, uh, but then a, you decided you wanted to be an old mountaineer. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Especially when I became a dad. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that would change things. That that would change yeah. the calculus a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, it, go, 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 ahead. go ahead. No, go on. Oh no, I was just I was just going to add to that. You know, I, I've had I've had my share of close calls. You know. Yeah. Uh, already, so I, I I don't need to add any more close calls. The only close calls that I, I don't mind too much is like this 29 mi- 29 hour hike you know and uh, right. and it ended up being i i believe it was about 24 miles round trip 24 miles in 29 hours yeah wow yeah. which is it's a terrible pace but what are, what what can you do in the mountain <laughs> you know it's, it's it's tough to climb we're going to take a bit of a break here to play some music from fran's new album horst and graben out this fall from elm records this is this world is held together by the beauty of humble places
this this album is uh, informed by quite a few quite a few things, and uh, uh, but I, I feel like I I should explain what Horst and Graben mean. Um, okay. So you know, Horst and Graben in geology they, it refers to regions on a topography that lie between normal faults, and they're either higher or lower than the areas beyond the faults. So, for example, um, and, and by the way, Horst and Graben are always, uh, Graben are always formed together. So, okay. uh, you know, Graben are usually represented by low-lying areas such as rifts and river valleys, and Horst uh, represent the ridges between or okay. on either side of those valleys. So, basically, you know, the, the Horst and Graben loosely translates to ups and downs, you know? So, uh, so it's kind of know, the yin and the yang. Yes, the yin and the yang, the up and the down, and, and so, um, which is one of the uh, central themes about uh, about this album, you know? And, 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 and also, you know, like I said, they're both formed together, too. So, uh, you know, you, 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 one comes with the other, basically, right? Okay, yeah. And and you know as as we continue to be in this pandemic, you know we're going over a year already. You know what? Possibly what? Almost a year and a half now, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, and we've just come out of that uh, very uh, scandalous election, <laughs> <laughs> right? So yeah. which is right around the time that you know I was forming all these ideas for this album. You know, it's uh, uh, all of all of these things had me thinking about you know the the polarity that that exists here, not not only in the United States but overall worldwide. You, you there's this schism of ideology uh, that just keeps growing and growing. At least to me, it appears that uh, you know the, the opposites are, keep polarizing each other more and more. Yeah, and oh, and so. And so that's 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 where the uh, general idea for Horst and Graben comes from. Where uh, you know you have these opposites, uh, and but ultimately, you know, while and and this is the part the, the part where I think it's 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 hard for us to to admit, or it's difficult for us to admit because it, it, it's it it is true at the end of the day. You know, you you've you have. You know, Horst and Graben, they, they're the opposites of each other. They're the yin and yang. However, they form part of the same landscape. They, 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 they are intertwined uh, together. And, and ultimately, all of us out there, you know, whether we're, whatever part of the spectrum we're from, we're ultimately uh, interconnected with one another. You know, we, we try to, uh, we choose to, feel like okay well we don't need the opposite side uh we can do just fine on our own but at the end of the day uh you know we're all the same human race we're all human beings uh we have to find some middle ground uh because we're all part of the same landscape uh and and so that's one of the 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 main themes of of the album another one is uh is you know I was reading around the same time I was uh, you know all of this uh, social turmoil ha- had been happening. I was reading uh, biologist uh, George uh, David George Haskell's tree uh, song uh, book, The Song of Trees, and 
And then it, you know, it, it talks about that interconnectedness as well uh, between between trees and between um, its environment and uh, between you know humans, animals, and the landscape in general. So, uh, so you know, you you've you've had this uh, you know this term of the Horsten Graben, this analogy for for reminding reminding us that you know we're all part of the same landscape and then you know this book came along and uh uh it's a fantastic book you know it it, it, it's it's i can't recommend it enough you know it it talks about um that you know like how you 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 know because sometimes we think of trees as somewhere out there in nature Right? right, and they're not necessarily within the scope of, of you know, being in the city, and but even trees that are in the city or even in, in war zones, uh, you know, they they adapt to their environment, um, and and they 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 try to find a way to thrive, and and even you know when they're in cities, they still provide. So they're they're still connected to us in one way or another. And what, what was the name of the book? Uh, the Songs of Trees. Songs and, of Trees. Okay. Yes, and uh, it's by David George Haskell. All right, I'll include a link to it on the page. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you know it's 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 a fascinating look. You know the, the, he he's a biologist, right? So he 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 writes from that point of view of uh, you know looking at things scientifically but then he he turns all this scientific knowledge he presents it in a very poetic way and uh, um which is what appealed to me and uh, because it, it doesn't get you you know you're reading something technical but it doesn't feel like you're reading something technical gotcha and because ultimately at at the at the 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 the, the main thing in his book is, is is talking about connections connections between uh, trees and, and and us as humans you know he talks about you know the, the uh, animals and you know uh, connection between them as well but ultimately you know we're the ones that have the biggest effect on trees and so um, you know he sh- sheds sheds light on 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 how trees have had to adapt to us more than we've had to adapt to them right. <laughs> and uh, and which you know it, it's, it's something that you know, we we've it, it's fascinating that we are the most <clears throat> advanced uh what's what uh you know we're the most advanced if uh, or in uh, ecosystem on earth but we're the least effective right and so um, that that struck a chord with me, you know, uh, and, and, and because that you know ineffectiveness that we have uh, is very much spurred by our ideological differences uh, that that exist in 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 our in our in our race, and uh, uh, you know we spend so much time fighting with one another, you know. Uh, because of our ideologies, and you know, it's it's it it wreaks havoc on we wreak havoc on nature, you know, and, and uh, you know, we we all have 
different ideas of how we should live life, how we should make use of our natural resources, and and we're always it's always a constant struggle, right, between activists, government, corporations, uh, and everybody has nobody comes to uh, uh, <clears throat> a mutual understanding and uh, and you know or a compromise and it's it's beginning to wear thin on 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 earth you know with all this climate change uh things going on you know so <clears throat> so the the, the book uh, the album i'm sorry the album is it, about uh bringing um bringing to the foreground uh this 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 topics you know i i don't really i don't feel like there's resolution on what to do with you know how to move forward with this with these challenges you know the these are challenges that have been happening for hundreds of years but uh but you know i i do it's my hope within the scope of the album to just you know ha- use them as conversation starters uh you know and 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 the titles of each song sort of alludes to that and, and this one in particular you know it's 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 the little things that 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 tie our ecosystems together and 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 hold hold everything together so we can admire uh, you know bigger things and 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 i feel this you know there's there is a beauty uh by the way i didn't come up with that title that's that's okay. that's from a book uh <laughs> But I thought it was such a wonderful idea, it you know. It's a beautiful and, phrase too. And and uh, so, um, you know, it, it, it makes so much sense. All these humble places, uh, you know, like the 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 corners in the woods and the wilderness that you don't see, where where uh, ecosystems thrive and, and, and grow, and and you know, there's some there's more of that out there in the world, all over, and they're the ones that the the uh, you know, keep everything going, and uh, and and just like that, you know, like the, the things like that that happen in the wilderness. You know, it's it's there's a little bit that can be um, translated to to us as well. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's the little things that we do every day that uh, you know that can make a difference, and 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 we should be mindful of them, and uh, uh, because I, I think that's maybe that's where the key lies to uh, being more uh, being more aware of the of of the polar opposite of you ideology wise and 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 trying to un, you know I, I it's tough to you know I, I don't know that uh, we I don't know you, you I feel like wouldn't accepting the opposite isn't the answer understanding the opposite is something closer but I'm not sure exactly what's the you know the ultimate uh, way to 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 come to you know reach a middle ground. Uh, agreeing you know. to disagree. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, even agreeing to disagree it feels uh, quaint. Half. Yeah, it feels half complete. You know, yeah. it, it's and so and so. You know, the album album deals. You know, it 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 gives you clues within within the the titles of the songs. And uh, so, you know, thematically, that's what the album is about. Okay. And uh, and there's a sense of, uh, of nostalgia there, you know. And I, I think, you know, having having gone through the last four years and realizing, you know, we've we've gone through a lot of 
turmoil, and but it doesn't feel like we're out of the woods at Not all. At all. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and we, so we took, you know, it took a long time getting into the woods. It's going to take a long time getting out. Yes, yes. And uh, uh, so you know that that is one aspect that uh, that informed the album. Uh, musically, music-wise, you know, it's uh, um, there's a little bit of of, 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 the, of the same sound that I, I from the last two albums that I've, I've created, uh, and I think it's mostly because you know I created them roughly around the same time. You know, it's uh, this period of creativity that I that I've been going through, and uh, but I was watching. Uh, just before I started the album, I was watching this documentary of Connie Plank, uh, which was a producer, German producer in the 1970s, uh, that had a lot of influence on uh, electronic artists, um, and uh, uh, it produ- you know was involved in a lot of in producing a lot of albums by electronic artists in the 70s uh, that went on to um, be very well regarded, and his production techniques also became very well regarded and eventually all his ideas sort of populated the the, the mainstream consciousness uh, from the production side of things and so a lot of things that he used to do that nobody else did uh, you know they, they got picked up and now a lot of people use them and it's, and it's sort of second nature now uh, but these are things that he revol- revolutionized and you know this the, he passed away fairly young he was 47 okay. and he had a son uh at the time when he passed away i think the son might have been maybe under 10 years old and so uh you know aside from i'm a big i'm a big fan of his and his work and then also all a lot of the albums he's produced uh, for artists, I have those albums, so uh, I'm very much informed. My music is very much informed by the ideas and the sound, and also, you know, inspired by all all those albums. And uh, and so, you know, I've been listening to 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 things that he's been involved with for decades now. And uh, but when this documentary came out, um, you know, it's. It, I learned a lot about his personal life and just more detailed stuff, you know, music geek stuff, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, through this documentary. And but then, you know, it, it struck me, you know, his death struck me, uh, you know, the fact that he had this young son and he wasn't around, you know, his son was actually in charge of putting together this documentary. And so uh, throughout the documentary, he goes through he goes and visits different artists that were involved with Connie and uh, you know, he talked, he interviews them. He, and you know, every one of them, cause he had his own studio in Germany. And so, and it was, it was out in the woods. The studio was out in the woods. And so you can imagine, you know, I'm already interested in this because, you know, he's out in the wilderness and he's got this uh, converted house. He converted into a studio and people would go there and there's nothing for miles, you know? So they, when they would go there, they would stay there and they were just there was nothing to do except walk around nature, you know, during breaks, and uh, and so you know the, all these artists, you know, musicians from like bands from Can or Cluster, uh, you know, they he he wanted to interview them, and and you know everybody reminisces about how you know when he was a kid, you know, they used to see him running around uh, the house and the studio, and you know everybody remembers him very fondly, you know, and so there was this sense of nostalgia 
uh, attached to the uh, to the documentary, and uh, and it, it just kind of hit home, you know, that you know this guy being a musician, loving the wilderness, uh, and then he, you know, he passed away fairly young at 47, you know, and I was back then I was like, I'm about to turn 45, you know, so I'm not that far away from the yeah, same the age as he was. was. a little uh, fortuitous there, huh? Yes, yes. So, it, you know, it's, it, it had this uh, nostalgic effect on me, and and then, but also, you know, listening to all this music at once on a documentary just reminded me, uh, I mean, I already knew, but because I own so many of the albums that are on the, uh, from the, they have music in the documentary from those albums and so it, it, it was sort of renew my love for for that uh feel of that ambient music produced in the 70s and uh very slow uh throbbing uh uh pastoral uh type of ambient electronic music and so then i thought you know what i want to make something that that you know kind of uh, you know, it sounds a, a bit like that because I, that's an area that I haven't really explored much. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and I just, I had recently bought a couple of, uh, of synthesizers that I wanted to, you know, they have that, you know, very electronic stuff. So I just thought, you know, this is going to be a, a great way to uh, explore this new musical instruments uh by trying to you know by going that direction musically that that was actually be one of my questions here was was i mean when you approach an album do you approach it with a with a theme with a sound with something you want to explore is it kind of all of those it, it is kind of all of those because i i think that's what propelled that's what propels me to make music and to make an album yeah in the first place because you know i'll sit in my studio and i'll mess around with my instruments but i i Unless I have, uh, you know, my mind is germinating with ideas, uh, I won't, I won't have a focus when I'm making music. And uh, uh, so you have to have so, a like common uniting theme in there somewhere. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It, and you know how we were talking about the, the story, and when I, I hike and I spend all those hours out there in the wilderness, and while I may be hiking, have been hiking for a long time, I'm sleep deprived. Uh, my body is aching. That's not the central uh, uh, theme of, of the hike. It's 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 not the focus on my hike. I'm thinking about all these things, and that and so that's that's where the ideas come from. Being out there, and that's where that's where the the spark comes from. The okay. uh, and, and then once I'm in the city, you know, I take these ideas that I that come to me in the mountains, and then I just start thinking about them. And it's 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 a slow process, you so, know. So it's, your it's music then is kind of a way to bring the mountains into the city for you, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, what you and, experienced out there, and I, yeah, process it in the city. Exactly. I process it in the city, and then that all, all those ideas or all those thoughts that I had in the mountains, then they get jumbled up with stuff in the city. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so for example, all these social and, causes and, and and things that are happening around the world. Uh, I guess you know, in a way, all these thoughts that I had out in the wilderness, uh, they give me, uh, they help me process things here in the city with, with on a on a bigger scale, and sure. and then uh, you know it, it all you, gets sort of mixed up. And then you can come back and communicate them in your art. Yes, yes, okay. and I think okay, well this this is a good thing to 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 talk about because for me it's it's. I, you know, it's 
it's almost a cur- curse where do I have something to say when I have when you know when whenever I do something creative, uh, you know that's gonna take you know um, two three months of my time, uh, you know I do ask myself do I have something to say is is there something worthwhile to say, uh, you know and and if there is okay then what is it that I'm trying to say then I, you know I start trying to focus. Uh, to make sure that it is it it is something that is has a theme and, or a focus, so it's not just a jumble of ideas and and there's no cohesion in it. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah. I look for cohesion on 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 these things, you know, when I'm processing. And yeah, uh, no, I I get that. I I have the same thing. It's not you just have like that one word that you can return to. And uh, you know, like, I I always kind of liken it to, um, you know, like a cheat sheet in jazz is like I can go off and improv, but I at least know there's a melody that I can return to. Right. Exactly. With my writing. Obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. And, um, oh, there, hang on. Yeah. And, 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 and so, you know, it's, it's, it's always a thing where, um, a process, you know, it takes, it could take sometimes, uh, you know, with, with this one, everything came together so quick because everything is so volatile, right. Yeah. With, with the election, and 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 climate change and and then you know it's uh uh i was reading that book and i saw the documentary and and i had recently gone on a hike around that time so <laughs> everything just sort of came together together uh within you know i i think the idea started germinating late december early january and throughout january and february you know, I was processing all these things, and then and then I started in March. That's when I started uh, end of February, beginning of March. That's when I started creating these demos for this album, and uh, and and then you know I I finished it uh, about a month, but a month later, you know, that's when I I had all the demos finished, and then you know I got into the boring stuff of mixing and mastering and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, it, I I love what I've heard from it so far. It's another beautiful album. Um, Thank you. I always look forward to new work from you. So, um, so I mean, we're about to wrap it up. So I'm going to ask the, the normal question that I ask everybody. Where can people find you and connect with you? Well, uh, you know, forestrobots.com is the easiest one to remember. Yep. But you can, uh, you can find all my music on Bandcamp. Uh, and uh, this album is going to come out. Uh, it's going to be available on Bandcamp through Elm Records. Uh, ELM Records and uh, Elm Records, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be the first Forest Robots release to be on cassette. So I'm a little bit excited about that. You yeah. know, it's, uh, it's, there's a, going back to that no, nostalgic uh, nostalgia. You know, it's uh, uh, I, I always have a sweet spot for uh, for cassettes, and yeah. so it's exciting to for that. And so and then so you can find you know ElmRecords.bandcamp.com. You can find, uh, uh, it, it, I think it goes up on pre-release, pre-order on September 1st. Okay. And then all my previous work is on forestrobots.bandcamp.com as well. And then, you you know, you can find it on, on Apple, iTunes, on uh, uh, what's that, Amazon, uh, all, the, all the streaming websites, Spotify, Deezer, Napster, I lose track of I, what's that? Oh, Pandora too. Pandora, you okay, can find yeah. on Pandora. And um, there's a new one every day. I'm sure it gets uh, confused. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, every time I release a new album, you know the distributor asks, "Oh, do you want to release on this other 
uh, venues, uh, platforms, and I'm like, whoa, these are these are new. This, this I'm one? not familiar <laughs> with them. Yeah, but okay, okay, put them on there. You know, sure. <laughs> I don't know who uses them, but <laughs> if, if they exist, somebody must be. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and then you can find me on on Twitter. You know, and uh, uh, what's it, the at Forest Robots and on Instagram at Forest Robots and Facebook also at Forest Robots. So uh, easy to remember and. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Well, th- thank you again for your patience on this one and for helping. Oh, yes. Yeah, the, for coming back for the second interview, which is totally different than the first and all of that stuff. And I will text you as soon as I get this thing into the iPad and mm-hmm. that we sound good. Um, okay. Yeah, that we're not a you know a garbled mess. That's my that <laughs> I, I've lowered my expectations to us just not being a garbled mess, and I'll be happy if we're not that. <laughs> so. I hear you. All right, once again, many thanks to Fran for taking the time to chat with me a second time. And a huge, huge thanks, my friend, for your patience and for helping me figure all this out. And it looks like we made it through. It looks like the interview is actually going to work, um, that the, the story is out there, so to speak. Anyhow, um, let's see, I think that's it. Oh. I'm going to mention it one more time. Fran's new album is Forest Robots, Horst and Graben. will be out this fall on cassette as well as digital from Elm Records. As ever, if you'd like to shout, scream, swear, say hi, or otherwise at me, my email is tww at parentheticalrecluse.com. And you can check out earlier episodes of this show at parentheticalrecluse.com slash tsrpod. Oh, oh, and we're on Apple Podcasts now. Or I'm on Apple Podcasts now, which I guess makes me real i am real and i am explicit according to apple what more do i need anyhow happy birthday again friend and thanks again for your patience see you next time